Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm good, dude. How, how's your Friday? My Friday is great. Sweet. So there's no waves today, so we're not surfing. Not surfing, no waves, and still a bum shoulder. But I'm hoping to get to that soon. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to answer a question that I think a lot of self-employed people ask, and that is, should I open a SEP IRA or should I open a solo 401k? I love that question because I get it all the time. And I think even a lot of like accountants don't always answer that fully. So I think we can help out a lot here. I think so. And I want to I want to make thing, one thing clear real quick. So I think this conversation is going to be very different if you are a solo business owner with no employees versus a business owner that has employees. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because if, if you have employees, you're, you're not going to be able to do the same things. You can, it's just going to cost you more. The rules of the game are going to change. It's going to yeah. cost you a lot of expense in terms of what you do for your employees. So just keep that in mind as we're talking about this. This is assuming you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, and it's just you. Or you and your spouse. Or you and a spouse, or even if you have contract workers that aren't salaried. Yes. But- no but we're else. not we're not employment attorneys, so we're not going to tell you whether or not you're allowed to have That's contractors a good point. or not. <laughs> awesome. So, why, Scott, Scott, if you could just start us off, what is a SEP IRA? Okay, cool. So, most people have heard of the concept SEP IRA before. Um, a SEP IRA actually stands for Simplified Employee Pension Plan. And mm. so what it is basically is it's an individual retirement plan that allows you to save money. But it really allows you to save a portion of the profits of your company. That's really what it is. It's really a profit-sharing plan is the like, best way to think of it. Um, you, can f- you, you can save up to a certain percentage of money. Right. Does that make sense so far? So why, why, just quick question here, but why would I do this instead of just a traditional... IRA. Yep. So the quick the quick answer to that is you can save a lot more money. Mm-hmm. So the SEP IRA you can save up to $56,000 a year in 2019. Mm. And but the there's two different you have to figure out how to calculate how much you can save. So I I'm I'm getting a little geeky right here, but mm-hmm. it what matters is are you a sole proprietor? Okay. Or do you have a corporation? where you're paying yourself a wage, like a W-2 income, like you work for, for a company. Got it. Does that make sense? Got it. So for, for people listening, probably best to assume that if you're not a corporation, you're going to fall under the other category. Right. Some people don't know what they are, but if, if you're not a corporation, just assume yes. you're a sole proprietor for this. And so let's assume that you're a sole proprietor and you earn $100,000. Okay. Okay. So you can actually go save up to the rule of thumb when you go read any SEP article is going to tell you you can save up to 25%. Mm. 
But wait, that's not actually the right answer for a sole proprietor. Sole proprietor, there's this funky little thing we have to worry about in taxes with half of your FICA taxes or what you pay for Social Security and Medicare going away. So you can save up to about 18.5% of your net business income. So if you have $100,000 in net business income, you could put away about $18,500. As my max contribution, I have to put that in? Nope, just max contribution. You can choose every year. How much do I want to put away? Do I want to put away 5%? Do I want to put away 10%? The choice is yours, but you can't go over 18.5%. Got it. Got it. Now, you mentioned that's different than if I have a corporation. Right. So some people have are like professional corporations, right? So, or they're an LLC. So maybe you're a doctor and you have a professional corporation and you're working as a contractor for a hospital, or maybe you're um, just have your own business, but you decided to form an LLC and you did what's sometimes what people understand what's called an S corporation. So you have to pay yourself a wage then. Mm -hmm. Well, then the amount you can save in a SEP is dictated by the wage that you pay yourself. Got it. So if you pay yourself $100,000 a year as wages, you can put away up to 25% into a SEP IRA. So the maximum, if you paid yourself $100,000 in a salaried wage, you could put away up to $25,000. And I think that's important that you mention wages because wages isn't necessarily your total income from the business. Totally. So if you are if you do have an S-corp or you, you go under that corporation construct, you're probably paying yourself wages and getting business distributions. Mm-hmm. You can't contribute to a SEP based on business distributions if you're a corporation. So, so that's where it gets really technical really fast, but it's really important to understand. So bottom line, look at your income, but really look at the wage portion of your income. If you're a corporation or an LLC taxed as an S-corporation, that's the portion that you calculate your SEP IRA contribution based off of. Yep, absolutely. And then there's a couple little rules just to understand if you do want to form a SEP IRA. The cool thing is, let's say you're listening to this in early 2019 and you had a bunch of income in 2018 and you would like to contribute to a SEP, you like this idea, you can still do it. Right, right. Because you only have to open the SEP IRA and fund it by your tax filing deadline. And that includes the extension. So you have until April or you have until uh, October if you're filing as an individual. So good news for the people scrambling last minute trying to get tax deductions right here. Yeah. There's still time, assuming it's before tax deadline, if to you pro- open and fund a SEP IRA. If you procrastinated or you just learned about this, yay. <laughs> yeah. Good the SEP for you. IRA is going to reward you. That's going to work. It's going to work. Awesome. So bottom line, I think if you are a business owner and you would like to contribute more than an, a traditional IRA allows, yeah. which is $6,000 for 2019, the SEP IRA acts the same in many purposes, meaning it's a pre-tax deduction, saves yes. you money on your taxes, Yep. but it just has a much greater contribution limit. Absolutely. Faster Perfect. way to save. Perfect. Yep. And so uh, with that basic, uh, with that understanding of a SEP, I think we should now turn to what is a solo 401k? Yeah. And, and, and I, I wish more people knew about this, Scott, because I think you and I both get a lot of people, whether it's tax preparers, CPAs, just clients, they come to us and their first question is, how do I open a SEP? Mm-hmm. And a SEP's great. I mean, we just outlined the benefits of a SEP IRA and there are many tremendous benefits of it. But when you look at the solo 401k, I think you get a lot of that 
and and then some. Yeah, so let's dive into that now. And then just so you guys uh, understand, a solo 401k is not its only name. It can be called an individual 401k, an individual K. It could be called a Keo. There's lots of names for this type of account. Exactly. Let's talk about what it is. So so very similar to the SEP in the sense that the maximum contribution to a 401k is still the $56,000. Yeah. You know, we're in 2019. That's the contribution limit for this year. The difference is the way that those contributions are calculated or the maximum contribution limit is calculated, I should say. Okay. So, and I think that's why I kind of teed up the SEP as we call it a profit sharing portion. Exactly. So can you talk us through the types of contributions you can make to a solo 401k? Absolutely. So with the SEP, as you just mentioned, the only contribution that can be made is technically a profit sharing uh, contribution from the business. Yep. With a solo 401k, there's two types of contributions. Number one, you have the employee deferral. Okay. Right? So what's that? Is if is that like if I work at a corporation, I can go put away money right now in a four hundred one k? If you work at a court, you mean as a solo owner, like no, a, no, like if I if I just had if I was an employee of a corporation and they have a four hundred one k, is it the same thing? So Scott's employed at XYZ Corporation, big firm. You can put away up to nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's your employee deferral. So that's cool. the that's the same exact thing with a solo four hundred one k. Except get this: with a solo four hundred one k, you are both the business owner. And the employee. Yep. So your employee deferral is that same $19,000 contribution limit that someone at a normal corporation or big company would have as an employee. Got it. Makes sense? Yep. So the first, there's two hats I'm wearing in this plan. One is I'm the employee and I can put away $19,000 just like I could if I worked at like a big company down the street. Exactly. But what, so what's the other piece I get to put away? The other piece is the profit share portion of this. Just like okay. the SEP? Just like the SEP. So with the profit share, you, Scott, own a business and you make $100,000, okay? okay? You can put in $19,000 to your solo 401k as the employee. Okay. So that's your employee hat contribution. Now step into the business owner role. If you so choose, you can profit share yourself up to another 25% of the income that you're earning as a business. So wow. 25% of the profit. So in this case... You could save the nineteen thousand as an employee deferral. Yep. Plus an additional twenty five thousand as a profit share on the business owner end. Okay. Now does that makes sense. It does, but I have another question for because in the SEP we were just talking about how there's two different ways you can contribute to the profit sharing portion. If you're a sole proprietor or if you're a corporation, mm-hmm. what are the rules for a four hundred one k? Yes. Yes. And very good point, Scott. The the difference is this. You just explained very clearly in a very good explanation of how you can contribute to a SEP as a solo, as a sole proprietor versus as a corporation. Those same exact rules apply to the solo 401k when you're looking at the employer portion, which is the profit share. Profit sharing, same rules apply as the SEP. Exactly. Okay. So as an employee, I can contribute up to $19,000 as an employee deferral. Right. And then if I'm a sole proprietor, I can contribute an additional eighteen. 18.5% of my net income. Okay. So let's give some examples here. Does that sound good? That sounds great. All right. So uh, I grew up in Indiana and John Mellencamp's one of my favorites from the 80s. Absolutely. So let's go Jack and Diane on this. Mm-hmm. So uh, if Jack is a sole proprietor, makes $100,000 a year of net business income, what can he contribute to a solo 401k? Great. Let's break this down. So number one, he can contribute $19,000 as his employee contribution. Mm-hmm. So the same that's the contribution he's making as an employee, not okay. as the business, but his own personal contribution. Got it. The next contribution he can make is he can save up to 18.5%. 
and, and we're rounding here. It's, it's yeah. about 18.5% as a profit-sharing contribution. Okay. So when you total that up, he can save 19000 again, as an employee deferral, then an additional $18,500. So the total is $37,500, wow. assuming okay. an income of $100,000. Yep. That's, that's it's, it's really striking when you think about that for a second, because when we I didn't give the Jack and Diane example up above, but... I did give an example of $100,000. So if Jack was a sole proprietor and started his SEP IRA, he could only contribute $18,500 or save 18.5% of his income. Exactly. But down below, because we just opened up a solo 401k instead, he can now save 37.5% of his income. He can save twice as much, essentially, is what we're saying here, based on $100,000 salary. Now, the, and the other key, I think, to remember with the flexibility of a SEP or a solo 401k is that you get to choose every year how much you want to contribute. Exactly. So you don't have to contribute up to 37.5%, but you have the ability to. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Great so point. let's talk about Diane then, because Diane, I'm going to say she owns a corporation and she pays herself a salary of $100,000 a mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. What can she contribute to as a solo 401k. So Diane's got the same exact income as Jack, right? They're both earning 100000 The difference is Diane is running that through a corporation and taking that as a wage. Right. So Diane gets that $100,000. She can also contribute $19,000 as her employee deferral mm-hmm. to the 401k, the employee contribution. Yep. But now, because she is taking a wage from a corporation, the profit share is now 25% of that wage. Right. So the business can contribute an additional $25,000, bringing her total contribution up to 44,000. Awesome. So that's and again, max contribution, she doesn't have to save 44,000. Right. But if she chooses to, she can save up to $44,000 per year. Okay, in that example. Cool. So basically what we see there again, like she could contribute in my SEP example up to $25,000 of her $100,000 salary, mm-hmm. but now she can contribute $44,000 in a solo 401k. So she The cool thing about solo 401k is you can save a lot more faster mm-hmm. with your income as a sole, if you're a business owner. Absolutely. That's that's what I tell people all the time. That's 44% of our income. If, right. you, if you have the ability to save that amount, the four, solo 401k may be a great tool for you. Well, and I, I agree. The example that we're giving, I fully agree with that. I think the thing, we're doing this for simplicity purposes of saying 100k of net business income for a sole prop. Exactly. Or 100k of a wage. But like you said earlier, if someone has a corporation, they're probably not paying all of their income as wages. So she's probably making more than that to begin with. But it's still the point, the point like kind of lies there. You can save faster doing this. You can save faster and you don't have to show as much in wages to save a lot, to save a lot more. That's exactly why I like solo 401ks too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of playing our hand on which one we favor <laughs> ahead of time. But I have I'm another, keeping my but, favorite secret. But wait, there's more. What if, what if they're over the age of 50? What can you do with the solo 401k? So great question. Now with this, I'm gonna start with a SEP. With a SEP, there's no catch up contribution. Okay. 56,000 is a limit. It's the limit. It's the limit. Yep. Don't care how old you are. You cannot contribute more than 56,000 for 2019. Yeah. For a solo 401k, if you are above, if you're 50 or older, you can increase those contributions by an additional $6,000 on the employee portion. Yes. So instead of $19,000, you can put away $25,000. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. The employee deferral goes up to a maximum of twenty twenty five thousand dollars So effectively, your $56,000 contribution limit gets bumped up to $62,000. Right. Assuming you are 50 years old or above. Okay, cool. 
that sounds I think that's a really good overall synopsis in how the solo 401k works. Mm-hmm. What are the rules and kind of the what are the thing like how can you set up a 401k solo 401k? Are there any any regulations or is there a cost to setting it up? What do you need to deal with? Because a lot of people hear 401k and they think that's expensive. Exactly. Exactly. Now, 401ks can be expensive. And that's why I think at the beginning, we made very clear to say, this is specifically geared towards people who are their own boss and don't have any employees. Right. Once just solo shops. Yes. With that in mind, there are some custodians, some places where they'll charge you money to set up a solo 401k. That being said, I think there's plenty of custodians that won't. Yeah, like I know just Fidelity like, will do it for you. can set one up Fidelity, with Fidelity. You can set one up with TD Ameritrade. TD's, They're probably all going to have a sample. What you're gonna? It's called usually called the simplified prototype plan or a prototype plan. plan that you can go set up. You probably need to have a tax advisor or an advisor help you set it up mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure it works properly because there are some rules you need to deal with. Um, but it's not cumbersome. It's not cumbersome. And I've just seen a few people who told me they were someone tried charging them or a custodian tried charging them to do it. And my, my feedback was there's plenty of great custodians out there that will do it at no cost. And it's yeah. just like setting up an IRA, yep. a Roth, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm it's on just board opening another account. The one difference between this and a SEP or a big difference is you must have this set up by December 31st of the year you want to contribute. Yeah, so if you want to contribute in 2019, you have to set it up in 2019. You can't wait until 2020 mm-hmm. and then fund it. Like the SEP, you could you could go, oh, I had a great year, I want to start this. You could start it- Three months into the new year, you could set it up. After, yeah, so, mm-hmm. so you, have, you have that 10, 12, 31 deadline to, to set it up. Exactly, and, and, and point being there, set it up. Yeah. You don't have to fund it, Right. By 1231, which is a key difference between a solo 401k and your traditional 401k through a, 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 you know, somewhere where you're an employee. Right. But you do have to have that set up, which I think is the main point here. Okay. What are the other benefits that you see of a solo 401k that we should mention? There's a few. So we, we just mentioned that there's a catch-up contribution. So yep, you can save an extra 6000 on top of that. One thing that I personally like, Scott, is that you can open a solo Roth 401k. Yeah. So instead of doing, you know, if, if you want now, of course, people who need more contribution right. room oftentimes right. don't need the Roth. They need something that's going to defer taxes. Totally. But in, in unique situations, there's there's a time and a place for a Roth 401k if you really want to get a lot. Well, and I actually agree with you there. It kind of creates flexibility. So mm-hmm. when most people come and they're opening a solo 401k, we're doing it because they need a place to save. Mm-hmm. They usually have decent income, especially if you're in California, you're in a high tax bracket pretty quickly because of our income tax on top right. of the federal income tax. That said, if you ever have a year when you don't have a lot of income mm-hmm. and you have extra cash, having that Roth option on can be nice because it could be a good year to put money into a Roth IRA exactly. or Roth 401k. Exactly. And maybe you don't want to save 19000 to a Roth 401k, but you can split this up. You could say, hey, I totally. want to do 10000 in my Roth 401k and the rest to the pre-tax for the tax benefits. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be some a, flexibility. We're going to have to get. answer that question one of these days to Roth or not to Roth. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a benefit of it. Um, on top of that, we're, we're not going to dive too much into the details on this, but if you're listening to this and you're taking advantage of what's called a backdoor Roth contribution strategy, a solo 401k is going to be a lot more effective than a SEP IRA. And I don't know if you want to explain that at all, Scott. But yeah, the, think- the simple reason is if uh, to do backdoor Roth contributions, you basically make a contribution to an IRA account, mm-hmm. you already paid taxes, and then you convert it to a Roth. If you have any other money sitting in an IRA account, 
that's pre-tax, you start running into tax issues. Exactly. I'm not going to dive any deeper than that. I'm just going to say that if you have your money in a solo 401k, you don't have to deal with those issues. If it's in a SEP IRA, you do. It's going to be aggregated with all your IRAs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then last benefit I'll say is this isn't always <clears throat> why you want to set up a SEP IRA or I mean a solo 401k, but you do have the ability to take a loan. So if that's important to you with certain solo 401k plans, you can set up a loan provision as part of that. Yeah. And it adds, that adds flexibility. It's pretty rare that I'm going to, that I think either of us would ever recommend to take a loan from a 401k, mm-hmm. but there can be interesting circumstances where that could make sense. Exactly. So Scott, I'm going to ask you this. What's your favorite? Solo uh, 401k or SEP IRA? Give us your thoughts. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm heavily on the, the solo 401k side for the most part. Um, however, if you're uh, listening to this and you do earn some side income, you don't earn a tremendous amount, you don't have any interest in doing backdoor Roth contributions, and you're saving less than 18.5% of that income, well, a SEP IRA is awesome because mm. it's, it's easy. It's simple. It's the easiest of them all. I don't even think we mentioned the fact that with a solo 401k, once you have over $250,000 in that account, you have to file an extra form. Mm-hmm. That is one of the regulatory burdens you have. It's called a 5500EZ. But um, but yeah, I, I would be on the SEP IRA bandwagon if you're going to fund less than 18.5%. Other than that, um, I'm quickly going to love solo 401ks. I have them for <laughs> the majority of my clients who are self-employed. I, I'm with you. You know, th- these are two very good plans and you can't really go wrong. But the way I see it is everything that a SEP offers in terms of the benefits, the flexibility, et cetera, the solo 401k does that and more. Yeah. Now it can be a little bit more difficult to set up, but not quite. Um, but that being said, there's very little, if nothing that a, a SEP IRA can do that a 401k can't also do. Yeah. I think the, the, the tough, the most cumbersome thing in a setting up a solo 401k is dealing with the plan document and knowing how to actually go about setting it up. Most of that's already written for you, but there's some like some questions that you need to understand and answer correctly. Right. And also just understanding how to document when you make contributions. You don't have to go send that to anyone until you have over $250,000 in there, but you do need to have a process in place so you don't have to scramble once you eventually get to $250,000. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So I think in general, and, and you know, just to be fair to the process, there's a few plans we haven't talked about simple IRAs, defined benefit plans, et cetera. Yeah. Why we're focusing on this, I think, is because these are two of the main questions we see come up. It comes up all the time with people. And the thing is, like, if you have side income, which we didn't even really get into, that'd be another reason why a SEP would be really nice. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're employed for a corporation and you already put away your 401k contribution, that 19,000 we talked about, or the uh, sorry, the 25,000 with the catch-up. Exactly. And you have extra income on the side because you're consulting. Well, you could set up the SEP IRA. It's really easy. There's, there's, You could still do the solo 401k on the side mm. for the same reasons of the backdoor Roth, but, you know, absolutely. figure out which one's easier for you and go with it. And, and I think that's the point here is there, we could get so detailed, we could get so nuanced with all of this. And there's so many different, unique and creative planning strategies you can use these plans for. Yeah. I think we wanted to give a high-level overview. It's, I think it's a good high-level overview. And uh, yeah, even though we'll say always say it in, in like the intro, like talk to someone professionally about this before you move forward. Right, 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 right. This was not like, comprehensive by any did, means. We did not tell you what to go do <laughs> in this. We just gave you the high-level view. Exactly, exactly. Anything else to add on this, Scott? No, I think that was, that was it. I think that's great. Me. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening to episode number three of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And for all the resources, links, and show notes, you can head on over to realpersonalfinance.co forward slash three. Again, that's realpersonalfinance.co forward slash three. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to subscribe. And even if you're not enjoying the podcast, subscribe anyways and tell us what we can do better. And as always, if you have any questions that you would like for us to answer on the podcast, head over to the webpage. Again, that's realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section there where you can submit your question that Scott and I will address on one of the upcoming episodes. Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.